I'm Liz Grow, and we have got an amazing third part of the show lined up. We've got Wendy Kornberg of Sunabis Humboldt Sungrown Farms, and Igor from AskGrowers.com. I don't want to butcher your last name, your beautiful I, last name. I, I could say it. I did it right. Igor Donevsky. There you go. Donevsky. Okay. There you go. And uh, I saw his, the A and the E and I got really nervous. Understand. And, um, and Igor's company is AskGrowers.com. So Igor, I, I want to, I, I think we'll just start with you, if you don't mind. Tell us about how you came up with AskGrowers.com. And obviously we know how to find it because it's a dot com. Well, initially, you know, I was a big guy on the plant, you know, had a relationship for since high school, I guess, you know, but, uh, but background, I'm like in online marketing, we do a lot of SEO. So I was always interested to jump into the business, but I never really saw how that would be a fit. And then I saw Leafly and Wheatmaps doing like real well. And I felt what was missing is the perspective on the, on the, on the growers, on the producers, on the people who actually, you know, get the, get the actual plant grown and deliver it into the dispensaries. So, um, so this is pretty much it. You know, we want to be a marketplace with a focus on growers, uh, tell the story behind brands, behind people. And um, so basically when you go to a dispensary and you buy product, we want to be the guys who tell you exactly who is the guy behind the product or a girl. Right. And we have one with us, I might add. A grower herself from Humboldt, indeed. Wendy, uh, we, we've heard your love story, which was a beautiful love story that James <laughs> told, okay? But tell us, how did you get involved with the cannabis space? Go ahead. Uh, well, I'm a second-generation cultivator in Humboldt County, so I've always been involved in the space. It wasn't something that you know a lot of people discovered later in life in their teenage years or their 20s or their 30s or sometimes much later than that. For me, it was just you know, there are plants that are growing and some of them are weed plants. <laughs> it's right. just life for you. It's just life. <laughs> but it's a, it's a, it's still a challenge because you're dealing with a living thing. And it's one of the reasons why I've stayed away from growing because I don't feel comfortable. I can talk about it. I can ask questions, but you know, I'm, I just don't, I have a black thumb. I admit it. Okay. Okay. I, I, just, I I don't agree. I don't believe in black thumbs. I, I know people. Okay. I'm a perfect example. I can grow anything outside, but every single house plant I could, I would kill every single one ferns, things that are impossible. Ficus plants. You can't kill this. Oh no. I managed it yeah, um, so, so until I, until I started growing orchids and all of a sudden, for some reason I can grow orchids really well. So then I started, you know, easing into other things and there's just an understanding of like not over caring for something and not completely ignoring it. So if you just kind of find a balance and a rhythm, you that black thumb will turn green, I guarantee. Oh, I killed an orchid plant already this year. Well, orchids <laughs> are easy to kill. To kill. <laughs> <laughs> but um, all of my house plants are thriving. I'm happy to report, Wendy. <laughs> well, you're in Texas. That's not fair. Try and grow well, I mean, in, he's try in grow anything. Try and grow anything in New England. Will you please? It's like 10 degrees outside. Igor, you look like you're in a tropical area. <laughs> I gotta ask, where are you calling us from? Nicaragua. Wow. I think this but, is a first first call totally we've ever had. What's but, that? Uh, but I'm on vacation here. But talking about New England, we have a guy. We actually interviewed a guy who grows outdoor cannabis uh, in Alaska. Because mm -hmm. in the summertime. The daylight is very long. 
And I would love to travel to Alaska and try his cannabis because I think outdoor growing in Alaska has to do some serious, you know, some serious product out there. Yeah. Have you seen some of the vegetables that come out of Alaska during that season? I mean, they're like, we're talking massive tomatoes and I've seen some colas um, some fo- from some folks that I know in growers that I know in Alaska. And it's, it's like magical. I just imagine like what the turp profiles are on them. I mean, what they smell like, it just seems like, oh. I, I talked to my first person ever from Alaska today by, by co- total coincidence. We can, we connected on a lineable, we set up a little meeting and he was interested in what I'm doing. And I said, look, I've never talked to anybody from Alaska before. I'd love to talk with you. And then I find out that he's in the business and now we're actually going to do a show. And Liz, I'm going to recruit you for this for sure on growing cannabis in Alaska. So Igor, it sounds like you have some connections there too. Well, we go and interview people around the, you know, around the country asking how they grow, what did, you know, what they do. And I just never thought... You know, you have people growing in greenhouse in California where like, you know, the sun is shining 24 seven. And then I, you know, this guy in between of pine trees and mountains is growing, you know, Alaskan cannabis completely outdoor. And since you're in Nicaragua, I have no idea what are the laws about cannabis in Nicaragua? Me neither. I'm on a vacation. (laughs) I'm taking a break. (laughs) That's a good okay, answer. that's fine. That's fine. Um, Wendy, one of the biggest challenges you think facing the growing industry today, is it the same as opening a dispensary? Is it access to capital or is it knowledge and research and the, the makeup of the plant? I, I mean, it's kind of a open question. Yeah, I mean, that's like, you know, a whole 20 hour show in and right. of itself. But to, you know, kind of simplify it, it really a lot of it depends on the state. Access to capital is a massive problem. Um, federal regulation requires that you stay in the state that you grow in or that you're working in. So if you're a cultivator and your state overgrows, which pretty much every single one has either allowed too much cultivation or not enough, you know, what do you do with the excess product? It's, you know, it becomes compost heap or you sit on it and wait until ideally the market settles a little bit. It's massively problematic. And really what we're seeing is that most people go into it with really starry eyes and they just don't really get the reality that it is farming. It's, it's farming. You're growing a plant for, you know, a mass product and that's how that goes. And, um, you know, the other thing we see a lot of is people coming in from other industries. They're like, well, I do real estate really well, so I can totally do a bang up job on weed. And it's just, you know, then they have, I mean, the amount of, the amount of messages I get from people that are like, Oh my God, save my grow. I hired this consultant and they told me to do this, this, and this. And I'm like, who are these people that are consulting? Like you're going to hire a consultant, really dig into their background and make sure that they're not going to ruin your business. Cause unless you're one of these multimillion dollar capital companies, you don't have the loss of an entire crop or an entire cycle. It's caution. (laughs) Amen. Cautionary tale. I, I, I mean, I'm, it's, we experienced something similar here in Texas, Wendy, um, with the hemp market. We were able to grow in 2020 for the first time. Um, and I think we had a little over 2,000 farmers um, get their licenses. And I'm sure far less uh, than that actually tried to tried their hand. And this year, only half um, have reapplied for licenses. Um, and so, you know, that does tell you a lot, you know, a lot of them do go in with just all of these hopes and, you know, cannabis makes us feel good. 
um, working with the plant just, I mean, it, it just, there's an energy about being around it and it, you know, you believe in yourself and you're inspired and then you're like, Oh, wait a minute. And then there's real life <laughs> and I have to it's, sell what I'm growing. Exactly. It's still a business. And the joy is there's a, there's a huge joy in cultivating this plant. I mean, you know, James talked about not being very woo woo. He says it a lot. And I'm really on the opposite end where I'm just like, Oh, it's, there's absolutely an energetic thing that goes on. Um, and it's not just with cannabis, but there's a special relationship there, but you still have to be able to make money off of it. If that is going to be your job that creates the finances for your family and yourself. So, you know, balance. Right. Absolutely. Igor, what's the biggest, what, what's the most popular question uh, that comes up all the time on your site? Well, I, Let's put it this way. The most po popular question we have for growers is what's the approach to sustainability? Because, you know, uh, there are many methods how you can approach growing. But I think, um, well, the idea why we even started this, you know, approach in growers is, you know, back in the day, in the, you know, the days before it was legal, if you were lucky, you would know someone who grows weed and that's how you would get your, you know, your weed. Otherwise, you would just get it from someone who would, you know, sell it to you, but you wouldn't know the backstory of it. So now when you can actually go and learn about the like Wendy, you know, and you can ask her how she grows it, what's her approach? Because, you know, it's I mean, it, it is good that now you can test cannabis. You can test it for the, you know, for the chemical, for the residual. But also, I mean, there are many things um, that every grower or like, you know, different growers have different approaches and i think sustainability i mean it's like a hype word everybody's talking about sustainability but i mean there are many things that you can do different in regards to the plant and i think it's well i think you it's not only love though i think love is the foundation of the whole for the whole thing you know you want you want your grower love the plant right i mean when you get the the cannabis you want it to come with the love from the grower right but also, I mean, I think Wendy can tell you more, but I think it, we love um, growers who are very involved in um, uh, soil, how they uh, use the minimum amount of chemicals, how they uh, do the compost. And um, so I think to me, that is all like, I, I'm always excited to, to hear growers that are very involved in the process. Like, like you mentioned, many people jump in the, into the business to make money, but I think it's much more than the monies. I think it's, it's a lot of your personal, um, you, how much you put yourself, what, what, because this is at the end of the day, this is the, this is you, the, the product you put on the shelves is what 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 is you how you perceive yourself you know so you're telling me that the grower takes on the personality of the plant or the plant takes on the personality of the grower the, the, the plant takes the personality of the grower 100% 100% Wendy is that true I I totally agree I'm not going to disagree with any of that I would have guessed the most common question was what's wrong with my plant because that's what we see the most of but I love that it's sustainability that's way better <laughs> Um, I have to say what I love about askgrowers.com is the fact that it does kind of introduce the grower to the consumer of the end product. 
you know, I can go on askgrowers.com and find out about new strains and what maybe a certain strain, what type of effect it'll have on me. Of course, I can click into those grower stories and find out about the grower potentially growing my product. And so that's what I really felt was cool as a, as a consumer, not a grower, a grower groupie, we'll say. Um, it's like, that was a, a really great feature, I think, of the site, Igor. It's my personal favorite. I mean, I read every single interview. Like, you know, I, I come up with the questions. One of the first questions I had, uh, do you think people who smoke weed are losers? Because this is the perception we all were, you know, we grew up with. Like in high school, you would always be told that if you smoke weed, you never achieve nothing. You will be like, you know. So I would always come up with that question. And every girl would say, look, man, I, I smoke. And this is how far I made. So, I mean, if you call me a loser, that's fine. But I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a living example of how far you can go. I love that. Don't Breaking ever call me. A, don't ever call me a loser. OK, please don't. Please. OK. All right. And and it had to do more with my own ADHD in the 70s than anything else. And the fact that I found out later in life that I was allergic to hops and I kept puking after I had three beers. So the mm. 15 and 16 year olds in my peer group were giving me crap for not being able to hold my beer. So I turned to an alternative. And guess what? I found out I could actually focus better in class when I had it in my system. Yeah. Wouldn't it be, won't it be nice when we live in a world where we don't have to justify um, our plant intake any longer? Um, yes. Any of us? Uh, it's, it's really, and again, I'm in Texas. I'm deep in the heart of Texas, guys, from behind enemy lines. It's probably why I love growers so much and why I like to be close to them so much. Um, but, you know, truly it's, it's all of these great conversations and all of this education, like what you're doing at Gangier, Wendy is just so incredible, just educating on a, on a different level. I think it's not just, um, and I've only got to scratch the surface, um, in, in my research, but it's a course that I feel like I could get into. I'm not a grower, but I'm a huge fan and I want to learn more from end to end. Could we talk a little bit about that course? Yeah. And, and it's, uh, you know, it's important that you say you're not a grower because it's not really for growers. It's growers. It's, it's not a cultivation course. It is literally a sommelier course for cannabis. Sommelier means a wine steward. So this is a weed steward. And um, I mean, it's, it's, an, it's I phenomenal. It. I like, I'm still blown away that I am a part of that project because, you know, it's what we're three, three and a half. I, we lose track of time, three years deep, maybe. Um, have had the first round of students come through and um, we never made it as a pay to play situation. It's always like, listen, this is a real course. This is serious and you might not pass. And um, I have not taken the test yet. I will admit it. I'm, I'm not like, you know, I helped create the course content and I'm still like, oh my gosh, it's rough. Like it is a lot of information. It covers <laughs> the history of cannabis you know, consumption methods, social situations, sales, I mean, like, you know, all of it, genetics, history, all of it, all of it, all of it. And the information you have to hold in your brain, it's, this is a college course. And then at the very end, there is a test on the systematic assessment protocol, which is an app that we made, um, which is patent pending, really exciting about that. And the app basically goes through and takes, you take your cannabis or your concentrate and you systematically assess it. And you have to be able to peg it the way that the council has done in order to pass the test. So if you say this was really harsh and the council all, we all grade everything ahead of time 
and the council goes through and we say, no, it was actually really smooth. If you miss too many of those, if you're off by too much, you, you don't pass. So it's, um, it's, it's incredible. And we were finding that, you know, most of the students that are really studying hard and that are getting together, they're, they're grouping. It's, it's the coolest thing ever. Like they're getting together as a group online and practicing these things. So it's like taking stoners and taking that culture and then elevating it to this insane level that we never would have even thought about 10 years ago. And just seeing the people come together and the, the connections that are made and the business opportunities and the way people are utilizing this in their own businesses. I mean, mind-blowingly phenomenal. It's probably one of the, my favorite things I've ever done in my life is to be a part of this program. That is incredible. And at the end, you get to call yourself a gongier? Gongier? You get to be a certified gongier. Gongier. Not gongier and not gongier. <laughs> Texans are going to have a problem saying that now. Where, where, would people, where would people go to find out about this course and if they wanted to take it and, and all that? We are open for enrollment next for 2022 this year, I should say. Um, so it's www.gongier.com. And that's spelled go- like ganja, right? So G-A-N-J-I-E-R. Ganja sommelier. Gongier. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Um, if, and I know this is a, a lot of growers keep their secret uh, sauce uh, inside them, right? You grew up in that area. I'm guessing you know quite a few. Is there one basic tip if you're gonna, if I'm gonna start, okay? If I'm gonna start to try and grow a plant, you know, from from I'll get my seeds from from Green Nexus because he's my buddy, and I, I get my bounty because I know that bounty is where you germinate. That's supposedly the best towel to germinate. Wait, your eyes went up. Am I wrong? I'm sure. I'm not sure that the towel matters if you're going to germinate in a wet towel. Okay. I thought that was like the first step. Okay. (laughs) Maybe I should start with a clone, right? If it was already existing, is that an easier way to start? Um, So the first step actually is determining where you're going to grow. Are you growing outside or are you growing inside? Because Um, if you're inside, you, you need lights. And See I, who must I be obeyed will not sounds... allow it in the house. Okay. So it oh. is outside. Maybe it's okay. far, far away. <laughs> All right. So Sorry. if it's out, well, I mean, far, far away. I, I know that one too. We used to do gorilla grows where you hiked chicken manure on your bag, on, in a bag on your back, you know, two miles up the mountain. So no, uh, I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know that. Oh. Right. I'm a, from oh. New England. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Well, when it was, you know, again, that's probably a whole nother show, but quick history of oh. cannabis in California is that when it was highly persecuted back in the seventies, eighties, nineties, even into the early two thousands, we would do what was called a gorilla grow, which means that you weren't really growing on your land. You generally were growing in the rancher's territory or possibly on Bureau of land management land, or maybe on, you know, um, your neighbor's property, or maybe on your own property if you had a big enough ranch, but it wasn't anywhere accessible. So you would hike through the woods, you'd take different paths every day so that you didn't create a trail that could be tracked. And this was all to escape the persecution of the helicopters that would fly around and try and eradicate the grow. So you, you didn't want to be caught when you were in there. So we did things that were wild, like yeah, hiking two miles uphill, carrying manure up to a spot that was, you know, 
prime cultivation location. <laughs> I mean, I love my weed, but I'm not carrying manure up. <laughs> well, you well, don't have to because she does. I I'm not anymore either. <laughs> I, respect, I respect those who do. Okay, I really do. Igor, go ahead. You want to say something? Jimmy, but I think you really get things too complicated. I mean, it's it's a I usually plan, do, you know, and the beauty the be- <laughs> yeah. and the beauty of it, it's like, you know, even if it doesn't happen the first season, you can always like retry. And the thing it's like, Wendy, tell me, uh, there is like a one um what it called? Oh, like there are the, there are plants that grow within three month period, and then there are the ones that know. grow like six, seven months, right? So you can start yeah. with the th- three month ones, and it's like I mean, they're very surviving. I mean, I understand for Wendy, it's a completely different game because it's like industrial production. You know, she has like this really hardcore um, compliance issues. But for you, I mean, it's like, trust me, it's it's much easier that you could potentially think. You just give it a shot and it's like, it's a, it's a surviving plant. You know, it's a, it's a survivor. I, I agree with Igor that it's, that it's easier than you think. But I do caution people that are the three months the three month plant that he's talking about is called an auto flower. Um, and it's not photo period sensitive. So it doesn't react to how many hours of light there are. So if it's a long day or a short day, it doesn't matter. It's going to go through its life cycle, just how it would anyway. The problem we're seeing a lot of with auto flowers is that their nutrient cycling is completely different than a photo plant. Mm. So they're trying to feed it according to a photo plant and it doesn't need that. So we're seeing deficiencies and toxicities across the board on new growers that are growing auto plants. So I actually don't recommend you start with an auto flower. I really recommend you start with a photo and either a seed or a clone. Clones are easier because you know you have a female, so that's easier. Um, It's automatically gonna be adjusted. Usually those go inside, but if you want them to be outside, you have to pay attention to your light cycle. So don't put it outside without supplementary light unless you have over 14 hours of daylight pushing towards 16 is even better. Um, and then you just put it in the ground, like living soil, get it in real dirt. Don't get it in, you know, dead dirt, get it in soil and then water it and just see what happens and let, and go slow. This is the thing, like the biggest tip I can give new growers is like, if there's something wrong, slow down because everybody likes to say you, you, you put it out there on the internet, right? Igor's nodding. You get this. You put it on the internet and you're going to have 20 people giving you 40 ideas about what's wrong with my plant. And you're going to go across the board, underboard. It's going to be a mess. So just slow it down. There's something wrong. Kind of tap in, see what it might be. There's, you know, you can do testing and things, but really a lot of times nature will self-correct. So just learn how to water, learn how to be mellow, learn how to be zen with your plant and just chill and just yeah. hang out with it. I like it. Look at the eagers going. That's right. That's right. I like that. Um, but it's true. It's true. It's it's a psychological relief. You know, mm-hmm. it's the time you take with yourself. You think. You balance. And the thing is, we all anticipate to get things tonight done right now. You know, get results tonight. And you learn that nature has different, you know, distances, different time frames, and like you know, it takes time, and you have to be, you know patient and you can't smoke it the second then you know the next day you just you know <laughs> you have to let's wait. not uh, even so get into I, that the extraction part go ahead liz you have a question uh, so wendy um you know being the outdoor grower that you are what would your advice be to somebody who is putting the plant in the ground outdoors 
in Texas. No, I'm just kidding. Not really. Um, I have high fences, but um, should I put a net over it to protect it against the bugs and the critters? That's my main thing. What's going to get it? You know, I've got the sun, I've got the soil. I'm just scared of those just animals and things. I like the way you said critters. Yeah, that was cool. (laughs) The ugly buggies. Um, Okay. So that is the other tip I would give to people is start three times the amount of plants you want to end with. And this is true for all farming. My, my mom taught me this as a kid with the tomatoes. You start, if you want 10 tomato plants, you start 30. You start one for you, you start one for the mice, and you start one to cull. So <laughs> one that's weak genetics, um, which is hard with cannabis, right? When you're paying $10 a seed, nobody wants to get rid of those. Nobody wants to snip them off because this one was weak. I'm the worst offender on this. Honestly, I, I can't throw plants away. I'm horrible. Um, but <laughs> you're supposed to. <laughs> um, but as far as bugs go, um, netting it is an interesting idea. Um, I, I can't say I would recommend that. Honestly, that seems like going way above and beyond. You might as well just build a little greenhouse around it if you're going to try and do that. But greenhouses create a wonderful environment for all the bugs. Um, so again, that's not necessarily something I'd recommend. In general, a strong, healthy soil creates a strong, healthy plant, and those can fend off bugs. So every year I get some type of pest. I do. It's normal. I'm like, oh yeah. You know, I think it was actually one of the Gangier students was like, oh, you have thrips. And I'm like, yep, I sure do. Look at that. There's some thrips on there. They're like, what are you going to do? They said, I don't know. I'm going to watch it. It's not causing a problem yet. And I'm out in nature. There's wind, there's other predatory bugs. I have companion plants. So there's all kinds of other vegetation going on in and amongst the cannabis. There's different flowers that bring in, you know, minute pirate bugs and it brings in the wasps and, you know, sure enough, by the end of the season, those thrips were, they never caused a problem. Nature balanced it out and it was just kind of, you know, taking it step by step. Um, so if you have, if you already know that you're in a zone where you're going to see a certain pest, so you know that your friends and neighbors have trouble with spider mites, be prepared for that get beneficial insects, set those out every single month and be proactive about it. And then if a problem does arise, tap in with someone like Igor or his, his group, right. And be like, okay, this is the pest I'm seeing. I need it identified. You cannot eradicate or mitigate pests without identifying what it is first solidly. Mm-hmm. Okay. A green peach aphid is going to be treated differently than the hemp aphid. Okay. A spider mite, you're going to treat that differently than a russet mite. So you have to know what your problem is in order to solve it. Same thing with deficiencies and toxicities. If you're just going, I'm throwing everything at it. I don't know what's working. You're probably going to end up in more trouble than you started. So just put it in and and let it, let it, let it go again. Let nature, let nature do its course and companion plant, put other plants around it. Don't leave it isolated by itself. Wendy, but I mean, based on my experience though, I see that I think weed is a really surviving plant, you know? I think, I mean, it has a strong, strong um, defense, right? I mean, that, that's what the smells, mm-hmm. that's part, is part what the smells come from, comes from, right? Because to, you know, to scare mm-hmm. off the insects. Yeah, and the, and the resin is a protection as well. So it, it's called weed. 
speed. Yeah, for a reason. <laughs> I mean, that much I knew. I, that much I knew. <laughs> By the way, I when I started this whole thing, I didn't realize that there was actually a male plant and a female plant. Okay, and and I was not surprised to find out that the only one you really want is the female plant because they <laughs> blossom and they're beautiful. Well, you need the male plant, Jimmy. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I know what we're for. Okay, look. Um, Hey, <laughs> I just want to thank Wendy and and uh, and Igor. You guys were fantastic. Okay, and the best part about this is we're going to continue the grow conversation with Liz's show on February 9th in prime time, eight p.m. Eastern. And we want everybody who's been watching this show and, and adding questions in the chat room to make sure they were trying appointment viewing for the first time. Well, not the first time, but certainly. We're going to publicize this a little bit more than we have in the past. Everything else has been organic. So please tune in for that. Wendy, thank you so much. And of course, we can read about you on, in Skunk Magazine, correct? Uh, yeah. Well, not about me, but I not about you. But <laughs> you're, an edit, you're an editor at Skunk Magazine. Is that accurate? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And also, um, I do a lot of sharing on Instagram. So Sunabis, S-U-N-N-A-B-I-S, like sun-grown cannabis. Um, and I talk a lot about free and natural farming, our farming methodology and, um, you know, things like that on there. There you go. And Igor, it's askgrowers.com. It's pretty easy, right? Guns. Yeah. I mean, this is it, man. This is it. Guns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy. I tell you, I'm so jealous that he's in a, he's in a tiki bar in like probably 85 degree, perfect weather. Uh -huh. And I have to go put on four layers just to get home because it's like 15 degrees outside in Boston today. Um, Liz, what a great, what great fun. I am so looking forward to her show and so looking forward to welcome to the team, Liz. Thank you. Oh, it's such a, it's a pleasure to be here and an honor to be here. And I'm just thrilled to have just gotten to chat with you two. I mean, learned so much. Um, Wendy, I'm just a, I, I want to talk to you more. Not, I want to talk to you too, Igor, more, but I don't meet a lot of female growers. So I'm um, just, you know, I, I don't live in California or in any of the states where it's legal to grow even. So it's just, it's really, I love meeting female growers. It's just kind of exciting for me. So. So guys, thank there's, you very much. There's less of us than you'd think. So I would love to chat more too. <laughs> All right. Well, we I have some ideas actually. All right. That'll wrap up this edition of Green Rush Live. I just want to thank my technical staff, Dan French. That's the whole staff. And uh, my production coordinator, Isabel Turner, who continues to marvel at the fact that uh, we get this done every week. And it's we're very proud of the product that we share with the public. So uh, a reminder again for Liz Grow. I'm Jimmy Young. It's a whole new world of weed out there, people. Use it responsibly. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Weed Talk and In the Weeds are two productions of Pro Cannabis Media supported by Revolutionary Clinics, one of the top medical cannabis dispensaries in the Massachusetts area. Now with three locations in Greater Boston, two in Cambridge and one on Broadway in Somerville. Rev Clinics has a patient-first mission. They will customize your needs as a medical patient with the proper titration and combination of strains, flavors, and products. Rev Clinics, where the patient comes first. Difference is building a solution for that individual. Not just a custom, here's a box, here's a video, here's how you make your VMS. We custom design and custom build 
every situation for exactly what the customer needs. And we keep the cost low. We have multiple tiers, you know, as far as what you're looking at on the cost side of things. If you want a one-time, you know, where you just pay one initial cost, we have that. If you want to maintain your system and have the highest protection and highest capabilities and highest upgrades at all times, we have different plans for you. But we scale it so it's scalable and affordable 100%. Cannabis Media Programming is available live and on demand on our Facebook page at ProCanna Media, on Instagram at ProCannabis Media, on LinkedIn also at ProCannabis Media, on YouTube and YouTube Live on ProCannabis Media, Twitter at ProCanna Media, and on twitch.tv backslash ProCannabis Media. So like, share, and subscribe to all of our content, newsletters, and shows live or on demand. We are Pro Cannabis Media.